Okay, let's get started. Welcome to our 24th class. This is class number 24. So we're just about just about halfway through this cat achism. Yes. Avery's been nagging me all morning to make sure I said cat achism. This is not a class about cats. You wish it was. So this is our 24th class, so we'll review question 23. Hopefully most of you memorized that last week. And then we'll look to memorize question 24 this week, and we'll talk a bit about that. Let's pray, and we'll get started. Our Father in heaven, thanks for the opportunity to come together as your family and to not only read your word, but to, with your help, understand your word. So help us today as we look to know you more and to love you more. We ask that you use this time to prepare our hearts for worship today as we learn more about our Redeemer. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's start with a bit of review. We'll read these together. Question 18 asked, will God allow our disobedience and idolatry to go unpunished? No. Every sin is against the sovereignty, holiness, and goodness of God and against His righteous law. And God is righteously angry with our sins and will punish them in His just judgment, both in this life and in the life to come. Question 19. Is there any way to escape punishment and be brought back into God's favor? Yes, to satisfy his justice, God himself, out of mere mercy, reconciles us to himself and delivers us from sin and from the punishment for sin by a redeemer. Question 20. Who is the redeemer? The only redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, in whom God became man and bore the penalty for sin himself. Question 21. What sort of redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? One who is truly human and also truly God. And question 22. Why must the redeemer be truly human? That in human nature... He might, on our behalf, perfectly obey the whole law and suffer the punishment for human sin, and also that he might sympathize with our weaknesses. And then finally, the question we memorized this past week, 23, why must the Redeemer be truly God? That because of His divine nature, his obedience and suffering would be perfect and effective, and also that he would be able to bear the righteous anger of God against sin and yet overcome death. Okay. Has anybody memorized question 23? Oh, surprised. Okay, question 23, we'll start with Stella. Why must the Redeemer be truly God? 
That's it. Nice job, Stella. Nice catch. Right, Alexander, you got it? Okay. Why must the Redeemer be truly God? Nice job, Alexander. <laughs> Going for the one-handed grab. All right, Titus, why must the Redeemer be truly God? Avery. Nice job, Titus. You ready? All right. Macy, you got it? All right, stand up. Why must the Redeemer be truly God? Nice job. Nice grab. Anyone else? Okay, stand up, Miles. Why must the Redeemer be truly God? Perfect. All right, sit down. I'm going to see if I can I'm going to see if I can hook it around the the pole. Yeah, that was wide. <laughs> nice job, Miles. Is that it? Anyone else have it memorized? Maybe some of you do, but you don't get any gum. Question 23. Let's say it together one more time. Why must the Redeemer be truly God that because of his divine nature, his obedience and suffering would be perfect and effective and also that he would be able to bear the righteous anger of God against sin and yet overcome death. Okay, that's going to bring us to question 24. Why was it necessary for Christ the Redeemer to die? This is a great question. Most of us know and have known from an early age that Jesus came and he died for our sin. We say that, we know that, but this gets to the heart of that. Why? Why did Jesus have to die? Why was it necessary for Christ the Redeemer to die? And here's the answer. It's a whopper. Let's say it together. Since death is the punishment for sin, Christ died willingly our place to deliver us from the power and penalty of sin and bring us back to God. By His substitutionary atoning death, He alone redeems us from hell and gains for us forgiveness of sin, righteousness, and everlasting life. This is full of truth. Full of truth. The kernel here in yellow, is that Christ died willingly in our place to deliver us from the power and penalty of sin. Let me read just a couple scriptures. I'll read one, and then we'll break this answer down, and then I'll read the second. Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. And you... 
who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. That was all of us before we were Christians. If you're not a Christian, this is you now. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, that's Jesus, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So let's break this answer down. The question again is why was it necessary for Christ to die? Why did Jesus, why did our Redeemer have to die? Well, we've already learned this first part. Death is the punishment for sin. We've already learned that all of us are sinners. And we've learned that the right punishment is God's wrath. We deserve that punishment. I deserve it. You deserve it. If we only committed one sin, we would deserve that punishment. And I'm guessing most of you have committed more than one sin. So because of that, since death is the punishment for sin, Christ died willingly. Willingly is really important. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's called the Trinity, right? One God in three persons. So let me ask you a question. Did Jesus course, die on the cross, but was he reluctant to die on the cross? Did God the Father make him go and die on the cross, and Jesus went there unwillingly, but he did it to please his Father? Is that true? Or did Jesus go to the cross willingly? He wasn't forced to go. He wasn't coerced to go. Jesus Christ went willingly to the cross. You guys in the back need to split up. We deal with this almost every class. And enough's enough. You guys need to split up and sit apart from one another. If you can't keep from laughing and giggling, then you need to separate. Do you understand? Thank you. Since death is the punishment for sin, Christ died willingly in our place, which means that He died instead of you and instead of me. We should have to pay the price for our sin. We should have to die for our sin. But He died in our place. Why? To deliver us. What are some other words for deliver? Save. What else? Rescue. He died in our place to deliver us from sin. From the power of sin from the penalty of sin, and bring us back to God. To bring us back to God. The other scripture I wanted to read you is 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins. The righteous, that's Jesus, for the unrighteous, in the place of the unrighteous, that's you and me. Why? that He might bring us to God. So think of your sin. Thank you. Separating. She heard me getting all worked up. She's like, he needs some water. <laughs> so think of us as separated from God 
alienated from God. And what separates us from God? What alienates us from God? What keeps us away from God? Our sin. So Jesus brings us back to God through his death. By his substitutionary, substitution, that's just another word for in our place, his substitutionary atoning death, he alone redeems us from hell. No one else is our redeemer. He alone saves us, redeems us, rescues us from hell, and not just keeps us out of hell, but also gains for us forgiveness of sin, righteousness, and everlasting life. That means that because of Jesus, all of your sins can be forgiven. Every sin, think, every sin you've ever committed. Think of every sin you commit as like a piece of paper. Right? And, and you just stack one sin on top of another. Okay? And we have pretty high stacks of paper, don't we? Every sin we've committed has been forgiven. Every sin you will commit. Anybody here think they're all done sinning? Every sin you'll commit today, tomorrow, in the days to come, in this earthly life, every single one of them, Jesus gained for you forgiveness of every sin. And He gained for us righteousness. That means I'm not righteous. You're not righteous. But Jesus gives me, He gives you His righteousness. He imputes it to us, which means He like puts it in our account. We don't deserve it. We're not righteous. But God the Father sees us as Righteous as Jesus. And what else did he gain for us? Everlasting life. Because our sins are forgiven. Because we're seen as righteous. We're now fit for heaven. We're now able to be reconciled to God in heaven. Let me read you a few things that Mark Dever has to say. He was one of the two commentators in the New City Catechism here. And he wrote a book... Uh, he actually wrote a book with J.I. Packer on this, on this answer, basically, on the substitutionary death of Jesus. And the, the title of it escapes me right now. But it's a little book, and I, I think we sell it in our bookstore. Greg, you don't remember the name of it, do you? Okay. We've got it. At, I think we have it in the bookstore. If you're interested, I can tell you more about it. So, so here's what Mark Dever says in regards to this question. He says that this question is a pressing one. We know that. Uh, Jesus was perfect. So it's a good question. Why, why should Jesus have to die? He was perfect. He never committed a sin. So, but he died. Why? It's a very good, very good question. Well, he didn't have to die for his own sake, Mark Dever says. He didn't have to die for his own sin. If we were thinking just about Jesus, there would be no necessity for the cross no he died because he would be the redeemer it was his will and also his heavenly father's will to redeem us so god the father god the son god the holy spirit they're all on the same page they're not contradicting one another one's not pushing the other it was their their redemptive plan it was his will to lay down his life to sacrifice himself by dying on the cross in order to rescue us from the penalty that we deserved. 
Again, it was in our place. He died for you. Imagine you're standing in traffic. You don't realize it, but there's an oncoming bus that's going 40 miles an hour. Your back is to it. You didn't see it. You're about to die. Jesus comes and pushes you out of the way and gets hit by the bus. He gives himself up. He sacrifices himself for you. You see, because God is good, he will punish sin. That wrong thing that you or I have done in secret, God knows about it. God's real. He's not just an idea. He's not just a figment of our imagination. And this God is so thoroughly committed to what is good and right that every sin will be punished. Every sin will be punished. Kids, if your mom and dads are good dads and moms, and I know they are, when you sin, they probably punish you. Maybe not every time, but I'm sure you've all been punished for your sin. Well, that's a very good thing to do because it teaches you and reminds you that God punishes every sin. God disciplines us for every sin. There's no getting out of punishment for sin. So, because this God is so thoroughly committed to what is good and right, every sin will be punished. And that is where Jesus comes in. He determined to be our Redeemer. It was the will of His Heavenly Father that He give Himself as a sacrifice and substitution. He'll take the punishment. He'll take the discipline. That is a word often used. Substitute. In the place of. Instead of you and me. Jesus is our substitute if we repent of our sins, turn from them, and trust in Him. So, why did the Redeemer need to die? Because that is the only way that you and I could live. That's the only way. So this is the heart of the Gospel. This is the heart of the good news. Let's say it one more time together, and then I'll close in prayer. Question 24. Why was it necessary for Christ, the Redeemer, to die? Since death is the punishment for sin, Christ died willingly in our place to deliver us from the power and penalty of sin and bring us back to God. By his substitutionary atoning death, he alone redeems us from hell and gains for us forgiveness of sin, righteousness, and everlasting life. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for time to read your word today. We ask for more of that. Thank you for time to Think about why Jesus had to die for us. And we give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you glory. Help us the rest of this day to honor you the way you deserve to be honored, to live not for ourselves, but to live for you. For then you will be glorified, and the truth is then we will be truly happy.
And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. In my place, condemned he stood. Yeah. And I think it's part of a, a, a actually a bigger book. But that, that's, a, that's part of it. So, in my place, condemned he stood. All right. Thanks, Al.